0: To the Glean Podcast. And we are excited tonight. We've got a special guest in the house with us, Pastor Alan DeDio. And also we've got our general, Pastor Steve in the house. Hi. We excited. Uh, we done we done had church in here before we even started. Got uh, that right. You just iron sharpens iron. We get talking about the goodness of God and what's coming for the believer, and you can't help but be excited. But uh, real quick. Whoever's watching, uh, we also want to welcome all the Encounter crowd. We love <laughs> you guys. You all like family, and uh, we just feel like we all at home. Yeah. But real quick, everybody out there, if you're watching on Facebook, do us all a big favor, click, hit the like button, then share it. Let somebody else on your page that we don't know know about the gospel and what's going on in the end times. If you're on YouTube, you can share that, text it to a friend, let somebody know about what we're doing, what we're talking about. And uh, on the podcast, all the different major formats, we're on those as well. Like it, share it, do your part to spread the gospel around the world. And how simple is that? You may not be a preacher, you may not be a teacher, but you can still spread the gospel by just taking a little technology and sharing it. It's that simple. And then you're sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to different people all around the world. Well, we're gonna go ahead and jump in and uh, we're gonna be talking about end time events, uh, current events and end time prophecy. How do we know that with what's going on in the world that Jesus is coming soon and we're gonna, Start out with the general, and uh, he's going to get us going in this out of the book of Matthew, talking about the fig tree. So, Pop, you go ahead and jump in.
1: Okay. I uh, I believe that we can see uh, because, you know, a lot of people still question the fact of whether we're actually living in the last days and yeah. the timing of Christ's return. Uh not only to establish his kingdom, but first the rapture of the church. And I believe the parable of the fig tree uh, gives us the clue to the fact that we're living in that season. And I'll, I'll just uh, read it right quick. In Matthew 24, uh, verse 32, Jesus said, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise, see, you, you need to get that. So likewise, you, when you shall see all these things. What thing? The things he had just got through talking about, that there would be false Christ, false prophets, there would be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in divers places, there would be wars and rumors of wars, Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and uh, he so so he said. When you see all of these things, he said, then uh, you know that it is near, even at the doors. And I I, I said this before, you know, a few years ago, uh, as I was reading in the twenty fourth chapter, uh, I'd always preached it that you know, that his coming is near even at the door, singular. That's the way I'd always preached it. And uh, I don't think it was necessarily wrong because, not all the way, because uh, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the door, Mm -hmm. singular, of the sheep. So I believe that part was right. But it says doors, plural. We know that his coming is at the doors, plural. Plural. And I said, okay, God, I know you come last night and put that S on the end of that. Now you've messed me up. you got to help me out. And uh, so I prayed about it, and I I believe what the Holy Spirit revealed to me is that there would be a succession of events that will take place, and then Jesus comes. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that makes sense to me, you know. And also in Luke uh, 21, uh, beginning at verse 29, he said, learn a parable of the fig tree and all the trees. Mm-hmm. So if the fig tree represents Israel, then the all trees represent other nations. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying that in the last days, not only would Israel, you know, spring forth, begin to bud, and uh, that the all t- uh, trees will represent other nations that, you know, for most part were never, heard of or mentioned, I know when I was growing up uh, in church, uh, I never heard the word Iraq, Iran, mm-hmm. Syria, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these countries that has come to the forefront mm-hmm. in the news. And uh, so uh, I believe, you know, Israel become a nation in 1948, May the 14th of 1948, Uh President Harry Truman took David Ben-Gurion, who was a leader of Israel at that time, and took him into the uh, United Nations. And from that time forth, they were recognized as a uh, legitimate nation to be ruled by their own government. And on May the 15th, for the first time in 2,500 years, they began to rule and govern Themselves wow. as a nation—that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is, yep. and uh, so I consider myself that generation because of the fact that uh, we have seen, we have witnessed, and there are people older than me, and of course, y'all, uh, y'all two are a lot younger than me. But you have seen what I'm talking about. You've seen what the scriptures are talking about. It's every day occurring events that we're Mm -hmm. witnessing. And that's what Jesus was talking about. And so uh, I believe that gives us the the cue to the fact that we're in the season of Jesus coming. Mm. Now, uh, you share
2: on that, Pastor Ab. Well, an interesting thing. We were talking about this. Uh, I want to share a verse from Song of Solomon that specifically references the blossoming of the fig tree. But you mentioned the date, May the 15th, 1948. Uh We just come through Pentecost season. The nation of Israel was born in Exodus on Pentecost, the first Pentecost, Mm -hmm. when Moses came down with fire and smoke and came down with the Ten Commandments. And the church was born on Pentecost, but in 1948, May the 15th, that was Pentecost weekend as well.
1: Yeah.
2: So it's really interesting that Pentecost is a right. time when nations are born, when movements are born, yeah. when King King David was born on Pentecost, and he died on Pentecost. I thought that was an interesting wow. <laughs> yeah. interesting fact. But listen to this prophetic, prophetic word here in Song of Solomon, chapter number two, concerning the blossoming of the fig tree. Now that we know that that's an indicator, a sign of the last days, the voice of my beloved, verse 8 says, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he stands behind our wall and he looketh forth at the windows, showing himself through the lattice. Mm-hmm. So he's hiding as he's watching. Mm-hmm. He's hiding as he's engaging. So some will see him, but some may not see him. And he, this is what he says. My beloved spake and said unto me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. Verse 13, the fig tree puts forth her figs, her green figs, and the vines with the tender grape give a good smell. Therefore, arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. So it's interesting that he says here, when the fig tree puts forth, Mm-hmm. It's leaves. When it begins to bud and blossom, yeah. I'm going to say to my beloved, arise and come away with me. Right.
0: Yeah. 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 Come
2: on. That's where we are right now. Jesus <laughs> yeah. is about to say to his church, now, come on now, come yeah. away with me. Mm-hmm. Because some stuff's about to happen down here that don't have nothing to do with you.
0: Right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. That was the other thing I was talking about. And I think it's important that people understand the Bible talks about when you begin to see these things happen— Know that the coming of the Son of Man is 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 nigh. It, it's He's coming soon, but that's for Him to establish His kingdom. So if that's this close, if we're looking at the wars, rumors of wars, we're looking at all these different things happen, and we know that His coming is that that catching away mm-hmm. is even closer. So you know, it's it's uh, I think it, it's paramount that people begin to understand that. We're that close to Jesus' return to establish His kingdom. How much closer is it that He's going to call us and say, "Come up here," and in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye,
2: we're gone. This is probably the most important pastoral message of the day and the hour we're in. Yeah, and it's shocking. Twenty plus years ago, twenty-five years ago, everyone in the church agreed that Jesus could come at any moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've had a complete reversal. Yeah. There has been a prophetic fulfillment of mm-hmm. 1 Peter chapter 3, if I'm not mistaken, that says, in the last days, scoffers will arise, saying, right. where is the promise of his coming? Mm-hmm. And now it's not common for people to believe that Jesus could return at any moment. And that's one thing I want us to get into a little bit tonight, if we have yeah. a chance to, because I want to hear from you, Pastor Steve, about the subject of imminence and how important it is that we know that Jesus returned at any moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 3, I believe it is, it says that if, if we have that uh, belief and that faith that Jesus could appear at any moment, he said we will purify yeah. ourselves. That's an unusual thing because we usually think about, uh, you know, Jesus is the one who pur- purifies us by his blood, and of course he does. But it also is talking about if we have that hope, you know, that mm. Jesus could come at any moment. Yes. It would affect the way we live. Mm-hmm. It would affect how we treat others. You know, it would affect the way we respond to a lot of things because, you know, uh, uh, Brother Hagan said something uh, years ago that kind of, you know, messed my mind up a little bit. And uh, he said that uh, the rapture, and you you can speak on that, what you feel about it, is uh, not automatic. Mm, yeah. In other words, he's only coming for those who are looking wow. for his appearing. And he used that scripture in Colossians chapter 2, I believe it's verse 14, that he said, every operation of God is a faith. Mm-hmm. See, everything God does, He does by faith. Yes. And the raptors by faith. Mm. It's an operation of God, it's a faith, you see. And uh, so if you're not uh, living, I, I know somebody, oh, well, I was saved when I was uh seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years of old or whatever. Uh, but how are you living now? Mm hmm. You know? I'm not saying that they won't make heaven. I'm just saying they are not ready for the rapture. What? How do you feel about that?
2: This is so important. So what, what I'm getting, the feedback I'm getting, and the rapture is under attack right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, massively. It's really interesting that you can believe about any crazy doctrine in the world and yeah. everybody will accept it. You believe in the rapture and you're somehow cuckoo. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and they're saying it's creating like lazy Christians who are putting their head in the sand or I said, listen, that's a lie. And I can prove it to you. Mm-hmm. I can prove it to you. Let's say you're a rebellious teenager and you're throwing, your parents are out of town. You're throwing a party. A lot of things are going on that your parents would not approve of. And you get a phone call from your dad and says, plans have changed. We've had to turn around. We'll be home at any moment. Yeah. Hmm. Do you get lazy at that moment and bury your head in the sand? Or it's all of a sudden a whole bunch of different activity is beginning to take place. (laughs) As you turn the music off, kick your friends out and try to recruit others to to clean the place up because everything's changed. Now, what would happen if your dad called and said, "Uh, plans have changed. We won't be home for seven years. Yeah. Right. Well, now's when you get lazy. How about this? Uh, Your friend says, now your parents are going to be gone and they're going to be gone a long time. But, you know, you could die at any moment.
0: Right, mm.
2: That might have a little bit of an impact, but it's not going to have the impact right. of dad could be home at, at any, any minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just proved to you yeah. that the rapture does not make people lazy. Right. Yeah. The last two minutes of any game, the two-minute warning comes mm-hmm. along.
0: Yeah.
2: Nobody, nobody sits out on the court. That's the most exciting part of the game right. because everybody engages. Yeah. yeah. Everybody connects and everybody's doing everything they can for that last-dish effort to do what they can yeah to score the next point right yeah. before their their scores are set in in stone yeah yeah and that's why it's so important we have got to get back the doctrine of eminence mm-hmm. yeah and if I if I can just for a second yeah sure this is what the Holy Ghost revealed to me when when we were in atten- going into 2020 and you guys know the spiritual warfare that was going on mm-hmm. election coming up and the Lord said the helmet is the key that's what he said to mm-hmm. me. So I began to dig into the helmet of salvation. It's a really weird piece of the armor of God, to be real honest. I've always wondered about this because mm-hmm. he says, put on. He's talking to save people at Ephesus, mm-hmm. and he says, put on the helmet of salvation. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Does that mean that save people take it off at night and put it back on in the morning? <laughs> so I went and dug into it, and it turns out that this was Ephesians 6. is not the first time that Paul talks about the armor of God. Ten years earlier, he had written a book called First Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. This is where he first begins to mention the armor of God in First Thessalonians. And what is First Thessalonians about? A great portion of it, the rapture of the church. So after we get through, and I want us to go to First Thessalonians chapter 5, and I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. Four, of course, deals with... Uh, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Verse 17, we which are alive and remain will be called up. Notice Paul said, we which are alive and remain, mm-hmm. meaning he was expecting to be one of the ones who right. was alive to be called up. But look at this in chapter 5. He says, verse 1, but of the times and of the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them. No, wait a second. Are they going to be saying peace and safety at the end of the tribulation? Is anybody going to be saying, <laughs> oh, look at all this peace? Right.
0: Yeah. 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 Right. You know,
2: half of the world's population is gone. Yeah. Yeah. And we're trying to find, you know, clean drinking water, mm-hmm. but look at all this peace and say, no, no, yeah. no, this is dealing with a different time. The Bible says they will not escape verse four, but you brethren are not in darkness that they should overtake you as a thief. You're the children of the light. Verse six, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch mm-hmm. and be sober. Yes. Now stay with me here for a few more verses. But for they that sleep, sleep in the night. But they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, look at this, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope Uh of salvation. Now here's the explanation, verse nine, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The helmet of salvation, the moment I start to put this together, everybody says to me, I can't believe I never saw that before. Right. The helmet of salvation is the blessed hope. Mm-hmm. The fact that Jesus could return at, at any, any moment. Minute. And as you said, it purifies us because that hope changes our minds about how yeah. we look at the last days. Right. Yeah. It protects us and keeps us safe. And its we're losing that right now in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. He said, let us watch. The helmet of salvation is that. That's the helmet of salvation, mm-hmm. watching for the Lord to return. Right. Yeah. I just wrote a blog called, I forget what we called it, but it's 22 proofs, scriptural proves that Jesus could return at any moment. Mm-hmm. And I go through 22 verses of scripture in the New Testament that say, watch, mm-hmm. watch, watch, yeah. because at any moment, at any moment, this is the key for end time survival. We must, as believers, look up. Right, because our redemption draws nigh. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. I remember, too, uh, several years ago, we, we used to go up to Lake Clure mm-hmm. and uh, Full Gospel Men's Retreat. And, uh, you know, we had some good times there. And, uh, uh, you know, people were born again, filled with the Spirit. And, uh, you know, men especially were encouraged to become... Uh, you know, a part of full gospel businessmen, and they were doing a, a good work. You know, bringing people to Christ and encouraging men to become an active part in their church. And uh, this one young fella, uh, you know, somehow they got to talking about uh, the rapture, and uh, they they kind of he you know, the way he was talking was he was not sure about it. He thought we might go through at least part of it, or either go through all of it. And I said, well, I don't believe that the church will go through the tribulation at all, not period. That's right. Not one day, (laughs) you know. And uh, some say that, well, uh, in John 16, uh, it says, you know, that uh, in this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Well, that that we do that tribulation there, we do have troubles and trials, and there are people, uh, you know, in all over the world really, maybe more so in third world countries that are being persecuted for their faith in Christ, and uh, you know, some of them, of course, have given their lives for the gospel's sake, but that is still not the tribulation that the Bible is right. talking about that is coming. Right. Because Jesus said, except the tribulation of those days be shortened, Mm. there would be no flesh saved. And so, thank God, it don't last but seven years. Because if it was any longer, there wouldn't be nobody left alive on earth. Mm -hmm. But uh, they would say, well, what makes you think you're better to escape it than those who have to go through it? I said, I'm not better than them but I'm taking Jesus at his word. Come on. Luke mm-hmm. chapter 21, verse 36. Watch mm-hmm. and pray. Why? That you may be counted worthy to word. escape yep. that hour. The hour. And to stand before the Son of yes. God. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Jesus at his word. Glory to Hallelujah. God. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And that's the the other parable I like to always look at is the parable of the ten virgins. Yep. You know, and the virgins are the church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, he basically, we've all been guilty of slumber. Mm-hmm. We've all been guilty, even us as preachers. Uh, you, we may preach a good message, but it's, you know, sometimes we all get caught in routine or in the rut. This is just what we do. Uh, but, you know, it said that that five brung extra oil, and, the, and then when the announcement come, they trim their wicks. You know, and I think what to me what that's talking about is is they took a quick judgment as assessment of their life and began to cut away whether good or bad things, but cut away things that were unnecessary to give them full access to the spirit of God to be watchful. So when the bridegroom did come, yes, they were able to walk in with him while the other five who had just gotten lazy and just, well, I'll go to church if I feel like it. Well, we got ball games this weekend. I can't go this weekend. Well, we got to go to so-and-so's wedding Sunday. We're not going to church. I'm going to go play golf Sunday because I've been invited. That's the five that slumbered. Mm -hmm. They weren't ready. Yeah. And when the bridegroom come, now they found out he's there. They run in a hurry, but the door had already been shut. That's right. Well, if that door had already been shut, then that means— that in the rapture there'll be Christians left here who were not ready, and it says the door shut. He's not. He's there's not a second rapture. When Jesus comes, He's coming once to rapture the church. Whoever's left after the church is not going to be considered in the church age. You've now become a tribulation <coughs> saint. Mm-hmm. You know, and I talked about that the other week. That there's a special relationship between Jesus and the church. That not even the patriarchs of old understand, yeah. and even the tribulation saints will understand that relationship between the church body and Jesus Himself. I want to be part of that. Mm. I want to be in heaven. I don't I don't want to be in tribulation. And, you know, it is sad that there's gonna be people immediately. Everything's gonna be going good, and all of a sudden, millions of people are gone, cars crashing, planes crashing, all this catastrophe happened with no answers, but there's going to be people go, I know what happened and I missed
2: it. Nothing secret about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? Nothing secret about that. No. I want to read this scripture because there are people who say that there's no verse that speaks to the rapture of the church. Mm-hmm. It's not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're not in the Bible mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can give you, I'm going to give you two verses right here that prove the rapture's coming and you want to be ready. Here it is. Revelation chapter three, verse 10, because you have kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world and to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold fast, which thou hast, that no man take your crown. Mm -hmm. He's going to keep us, not from the tribulation, from the hour of the Mm -hmm. tribulation. Mm -hmm. And then I want to speak to what you just said here with first Thessalonians, which which is such a blessing. Chapter 1 and verse 10, where he commands us to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivers us from the wrath to come. Right. Jesus' second coming does not deliver us from hell. His first coming delivers us from hell. Right. That's right. His second coming delivers us from the wrath to come. Mm -hmm. We are going to be preserved. So when we're talking about the tribulation, we're not talking about tribulation. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the wrath of God. Right. Mm -hmm. So Jesus already suffered the wrath of God on the cross. Right. Mm -hmm. Already suffered it. We are his body. Mm -hmm. If the church were to go through the tribulation, you tell me, this is the first time a couple weeks ago I ever heard this if we were to go through the tribulation, that would be like God crucifying Jesus a second time.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And he's not going to crucify his body a second time. Right. No. That's when we're going to be raised, as right. he was raised, to meet him in the clouds during that time of God's dealing with the nations and with the nation of Israel. Yeah. yeah that's right. And
1: uh, also in Revelations chapter four, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in verse one, well, he said, I saw after this, well, what what do you mean after this? The first chapter is revealing the resurrected, glorified Christ. Yes. Chapters two and three is the letters to the church. Uh huh. And he said, then in verse four, or chapter four, verse one. After this, uh huh. After what? The church. After the church, he said, I heard a voice talking me with me as it were a trumpet, talking with me, and said, "Come up here." Come on. That's a rapture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any way you look at it, and uh, the word rapture, I know this uh, in that First Thessalonians chapter four, it said that we would be caught up, and uh, you know people all of oh, the word rapture is not even in the Bible, but the phrase caught up is. Yeah. And if you look that up in the Greek, it means to be snatched away by force. <laughs> all God's got to do is just turn the mm-hmm. heat up a little bit and we're gone, Yeah, you know. And uh, in the moment, and then the twinkling of an eye, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about, uh, you know, we shall, he said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, we're not all going to die and go by the way of the grave. There are going to be people, somebody's got to be alive here on earth when he comes. But he said in 1 Thessalonians 4, we will not hinder or prevent them which are asleep, but the dead in Christ will rise first. He's not talking about the soul of man. He's talking about their bodies. He said, and God will bring them that sleep in Jesus, he will bring with him. For what? To be reunited with that resurrected, glorified body, just like Jesus Glorious body, mm. you see, and so uh, you know when the when the rapture takes place. And uh, another thing that we, uh, what I've seen about it, is that the uh, you know, the first resurrection. Be you know Jesus spoke about two resurrection, a resurrection to life everlasting, and a resurrection of damnation. But the first glimpse we get that. Uh, a thousand years separate the two resurrection is in revelations chapter 20 because uh, the first resurrection began with the Lord Jesus Christ. he's the first Corinthians chapter 15 verse 20 said he is the says but now is Christ risen from the dead and he is the first fruits mm-hmm. of them that slept in other words, he was. they were other people raised from the dead, even in the Old Testament, but they died again. And uh, just like uh, uh, Lazarus, you know, was raised from the dead in Jesus' ministry, but he died again. But Jesus was the first resurrected man to immortality, mm. never to die yeah. ever again. And then it said, many of the saints that slept. In other words, they had already died. But after his resurrection, many of the saints that slept arose also and walked the streets of Jerusalem. Can you imagine how some family member might have felt? Well, there's Uncle John. We just buried him last week. <laughs> What's he doing back <laughs> here? So, so that's a noise. God, th- this thing is not, <clears throat> and what we see, God never does anything in chaos. Yeah. It's always an order, you see. Excuse me. And so I believe the next order of the resurrection is the rapture of the church. Yes. And then in Revelations chapter 7, we see the 144,000 Jewish evangelists called out from the 12 tribes of Israel. But in Revelations chapter 14, they're before the throne of God. How did they get up there? Mm -hmm. They had to have been raptured Mm -hmm. or caught up. And then the two witnesses in the last part of the tribulation, and on the last uh, uh, three days before the end of the tribulation, they are killed. The Bible says that their dead bodies lay in the street for three days. But on the third day, which is the last day of the tribulation, the spirit of life (laughs) entered into them, and they saw him rise up, mm. and you know, uh, the Bible also talks about, uh, you know, when Jesus comes, every eye shall behold him. Yeah. No other generation before this one had the technology that we have today. Satellites, internet, iPads, iPhones, and all kinds, they're all over the world. Anywhere you go, you're gonna run into it. Every eye will behold him, you see. And it, we're the only generation that that could ever happen in. That's right. Mm. So we are prime. <laughs> we are prime. We are a marked generation for the return of Jesus Christ.
2: Yes, and that hope purifies us. Yeah, and keeps us safe, protects us. It's our mm-hmm. helmet, and it's it's so important that when we approach this, we approach it with a level of humility. Because Paul did say, behold, I show you a great mystery. Yeah. So this is something that has been hidden in ages past and revealed to the apostle Paul of how God would work with his redeemed and rescue them out of of his wrath and out of the great tribulation. And so as we approach this, people will say, well, I heard so-and-so, some slick-haired, shiny-shoed evangelist came by and they had this really cool revelation. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. And it may seem compelling in the same way when we're dealing with Biblical doctrine, like Jesus is the Son of God, yeah, that's doctrine. Mm -hmm. People can make a compelling argument that He was not God because the Bible says that Jesus got tired and that He slept, Mm -hmm. right? But the Book of Psalms says God neither slumbers nor sleeps, right? Mm -hmm. And so you could make a you could make a parceled scriptural Mm -hmm. argument Mm -hmm. for the humanity of Jesus that He is not God, Mm -hmm. but if you understand doctrine. Mm-hmm. And that argument will not tempt you because you're founded in the sure foundation that you know that Jesus is God. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, when we're approaching these last days, there are certain things that we know that we know that we know. Like those 22 Bible verses that I lay out that say, at any moment, at any moment, at any moment, at any moment, at any moment. Mm-hmm. So if there's one word that can summarize all of New Testament eschatology, it's this. Watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because at any moment. Yeah. Yeah. So as we approach the study of the timing of the rapture of the church, we must approach it anchored in that doctrine, in that one word, Mm -hmm. that at any moment. So as interesting as the argument may be for a mid-tribulation rapture or a post-tribulation rapture, it is completely separate. It completely destroys the ability of people to watch because you don't need to watch because a hundred prophecies need to be fulfilled before that's going to happen. So if any prophecy needs to be fulfilled, before Jesus comes for his church, you have removed the doctrine of eminence, you have taken off the helmet of salvation, mm-hmm. and you are now subject to the deception of the Antichrist spirit. Yeah. That's how strongly I believe in this, right. yeah. that we must be watchful. Yeah. And it post-trips put themselves in all kinds of knots. They twist themselves up like some sort of Cirque du Soleil yeah. performer trying to figure out if, if the rapture doesn't happen till the end of the tribulation, When's the judgment seat of Christ?
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly.
2: When's the marriage supper of the Lamb? Right. When are we, according to John chapter 14, verse 1, going to behold, I go prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. When is the judgment of the sheep and the goats? Mm-hmm. If if everyone who's righteous is raptured at the end of the tribulation, they've already been separated, sheep and goats. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is so there's all kinds of problems. Who's going to populate the millennium? Mm-hmm. Things that don't work. So forget about those of you that are watching this, forget about these interesting theological debates. If they require one prophecy to be fulfilled before Jesus returns, throw it in the trash. It's robbing you of your blessed hope and the helmet of salvation that God's given
0: you. Because we're not told to watch the prophecy. Come on. (laughs) We're told to watch (laughs) for the return. Yeah, Prophecies have been fulfilled. We've probably seen in what, the last 100 years? Oh, God. More prophecy fulfilled than... Any generation in the Bible. Yeah. Well,
1: I believe it actually. I agree. And I mentioned this earlier, uh, that the the generation that he's talking about, it's not talking about a generation in years, but it just simply means a race of people, Mm -hmm. Mm. a generation, a race of people will be here alive on the earth when he comes. And uh, so, you know, we, uh, as you said, we, we must watch. That's that's the only uh, uh, that thing that we're given to do. I mean, we're yes. to occupy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. That he come,
1: mm-hmm. but in that occupying, that means we're continuing to do the work. That's exactly that right. That He's called us to do, but at the same time, we're keeping a watchful eye. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're uh, somebody asked me. You know, they talked about. You know, Jesus said in Matthew twenty four when they asked him what would be the sign of his coming to the end of the day they were talking about when he comes to establish a kingdom yes and so he answered them in that re- regard you know from a jewish perspective because they believed according to the prophecy that when the messiah come he would destroy uh, you know the government roman government that was over them at that time and he would rule and reign over them Then that's what they were asking. When will you come and, you know, will you come at this time? And he told them, he said, you know, that's not for me to know or you to know. That's in uh, God's own power, you know. And so Jesus himself was saying, I don't even know when that time's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. coming. I don't know if he does now or not. But I'll guarantee you he's excited about what's going on. Yes. He, and knows he may be sitting, I've, I've pictured this in my mind before, that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, and, and he he's looking uh, with anticipation. Can I go? Yeah. 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 And the Father said, not just yet, just mm-hmm. wait a minute. Yeah. You know, but uh, anyway, in 1 Thessalonians 4, you know, it says this thing, He he does not send the angels to catch us away. Mm. This thing is so special and precious to him, he's coming himself. Wow! He said, this is my job. Mm-hmm. I'm coming. See, he told him in John 14, you mentioned a while ago, I'm coming again yeah. to receive you. He didn't say, I'm going to send a bunch wow. of my angels. He said, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. This, and, and he said, he comes with a shout mm-hmm. in the voice yeah. of the archangel right. at the trump of God. And I'm telling you, it's like uh, John in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, we mentioned a while ago, th- when he said, uh, I saw a door open and I heard a voice speaking unto me as it were a trumpet saying, Come up here.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: You see? And so uh, to me, uh, you know, there, there's, uh, I, I don't see how anybody, can study the Bible and all the different places where you said, it says, watch, 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 watch. Well, they say, well, how, how do you know? He said, one of the first things Jesus said when they asked him that, he said, the first thing he said, see that no man deceive you. And when I read that over 49 years ago, a red flag went up in my spirit. I said, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. There must be going to be a lot of deception about the return of the Lord. And there is. Yes, there is. You know, like you was talking about, all the different strange doctrines and ideas about it. And, uh, but yet, you know, Jesus said, see that no man deceive you. Well, how can we keep from being deceived? Watch. Watch, Mm -hmm. And you see, he said too, uh, in John chapter 16, verse 12, he said, I have, he's telling his disciples, I have many things yet to say unto you, but you can't bear it now. Mm -hmm. In other words, they wasn't spiritually mature enough to receive. He didn't say he wasn't ever going to tell them. Mm -hmm. He just said, you can't receive it now. But he said, when he, the spirit, verse 13, when he, the spirit of truth is come, what he will do. He will guide, He will not speak of himself, but he will take of that which is mine and show it unto you. And he said, he will guide you into how much truth? Oh. All truth. That's the way we, we follow the word. Mm-hmm. We follow the Holy Spirit. And what he said, that's what we believe. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit will never lead a believer apart from the written word of God. That's powerful. And people can say, well, prophet so-and-so said. Well, I know that there are prophets and good prophets, true prophets. But the Bible says we have a more sure word. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We, We already have a more sure word than even if an angel appeared. Come on. So even if an angel would appear to you and say thus and so, you better compare what he says right. to you according to what's already written, yeah. mm-hmm. or you may be deceived. And it's, it's the same thing with prophecy. Mm. I know, uh, you know, uh, Kenneth Hagan, of course, uh, you know, was a prophet of God, and uh, you know, I, the Lord spoke to me in 1978 and told me to learn from him, and I did, I studied and I learned from him, and uh enrolled in the correspondence school we already had the church going but uh, you know I learned from him and uh, he he said, no matter who it is, how famous they are or how big they may seem, if what they say to you don't bear witness with your spirit, hmm. he said, forget it mm-hmm. because. What they, the prophet that, uh, you know, uh, they will bring a word of prophecy, but what they say would only confirm, in other words, if it's a personal prophecy I'm talking about, if it will only confirm what the Spirit of God's already been saying to you. you If you don't have no idea, you know, your head's, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, uh, evidently, they're missing it. Yes. Or it, you know, they're prophesying out their own spirit, the Bible says. So, uh, you know, I think sometimes a prophet thinks because they are in that office, they're supposed to prophesy all the time, all the time. No, no the first qualification for a prophet is he got to be a preacher, preacher. of the word. Mm-hmm. Right. You see, yeah. prophecy comes after that. But first of all, he must be a preacher of righteousness, a preacher of the word, truth, you see. Because the only thing that we have to base our faith on, the only thing that we have to stand on is the solid rock
2: of God's word. Mm -hmm. Anything else is sinking sand. Wow. You see. Matthew 25, as you were sharing that, this, this verse jumped up in my spirit, says, it is a wicked servant, that says my master delays his coming. Yeah, right. It is a wicked servant, yeah. and it lists what the behavior is like of someone who thinks the master will delay his coming versus someone who thinks that Jesus could return mm-hmm. at any moment. And that's so important for us right now. Yeah, what does it mean to watch? Right. What does that does it mean looking up? Well, that's right. that's part of it. But you you use the, the verse in First John chapter three. Whoever has this hope. Yeah. Purifies, Purifies himself. So what does it mean to watch for the return of Jesus? Well, number one, it means to purify yourself, to yeah. live a holy yeah. life, because he could come at any moment. Right. Yep. Another passage of Scripture, and I want you to comment on, on what you think it means to watch. But Hebrews chapter 10, if I'm not mistaken, says... Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, as mm-hmm. the manner of some is. And even the more so as you see that day approaching. Exhort yeah. mm-hmm. so, one another. Exhort one another while it is called today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exhorting one another To gather and to go to church, to live pure, to live holy, Mm -hmm. to witness your faith, to occupy till you come as a servant who is going to give an account Mm -hmm. for what it is you've done. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to watch, not to bury your head in the sand and say, well, you know, the Bible says it's just going to get worse. I just hope Jesus comes and gets me out of here. No, 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 no. We are such a force for the kingdom. The Antichrist can't even, you know why the Antichrist can't show up right now? Because we're here. Because we cast him out. That's the reason why. Come on now. That's the reason why the Antichrist can't show up right now Mm -hmm. because the moment he showed him somebody, there'd be some Holy Ghost filled believers somewhere around him saying the name of Jesus come Come out out. of him Mm -hmm. because the Antichrist spirit cannot stand. Jesus said the gates of hell Shall, shall not, not prevail, prevail against the church.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when we get
2: into Revelation, it says that he's given power to prevail against the saints. That's referring to tribulation, tribulation saints, saints not church. If it was referring to the church, it'd be a direct contradiction. Right. To yeah. Matthew chapter 16. Yeah.
1: What do you think about that, Pastor Steve? I, I believe that's exactly what you're saying. Uh I think it's hard for people to realize that uh, you know, the Bible talks about uh that In in the last days, I believe it's the 60th chapter of Isaiah, where he said, darkness shall cover the earth. In other words, as far as the world is concerned, it's gonna get darker. Mm -hmm. Well, Jesus even said in the 24th chapter of Matthew, when he talked about all of those things, he said, these are the beginning of sorrows, Mm. not the end. He said, this is just the beginning. So that means there's more Darkness, more sorrows coming. Mm -hmm. But he said, these things must needs be. Why? Because it's already been foretold. Wow. So you can bank on it. It, It's going to come. You're not believing it. Ain't going to change it one one way or the other. It's going to come. He said, these things must needs be. Mm. But then he said, but you see that you be not troubled. Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah. And so... Uh, And then again, you know, when uh, Jesus asked the disciples, you know, that you're talking about in Matthew 16, he said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And some say, well, some believe you're John the Baptist raised from the dead. Some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he turned to them and said, but who do you say I am? Everybody's going to have to answer that question. Mm -hmm. Who do you say he is? And Peter spoke up, you know, and said, we, he's, um, evidently he was responding also, not only for himself, but the other disciples. And he said, we believe that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And he said, upon this rock, Mm-hmm. The rock of revelation knowledge. Come on. He said, I will build my church, not tear it down. He said, I will build not gonna my beat church. Up, not
2: going to beat up the bride? Is that? No, yeah. he's not no, going to beat
1: believe. up the bride. He said, I will build my church <clears throat> and the gates, <clears throat> plural. I don't know how many gates is in hell, but no matter how many gates there are in hell, he said, the gates of hell yes. shall not mm-hmm. prevail against them.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the other He's thing young. too, when you <laughs> when you're thinking about watching, you know it, it it doesn't mean to walk out and everywhere you go you're just looking up. Yeah, you, you can't drive that's your that's car right down right. the road and look up. You're yes. going to be in trouble. Yeah. But I'm reminded of the scripture where he says, "They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their." That don't mean sit back and cry. Well, well, I'm just waiting on Jesus. Mm-hmm. No, what we're doing right now is waiting yeah. on the Lord. What we do on Sunday mornings is waiting on the That's Lord. That's exactly right. Whatever gift you have, whatever talent you have, when you give it back to God, you're now waiting mm-hmm. on the Lord. So it's not necessarily, yeah, I mean, it just like today, there was a, a time today where the sun was shining across the clouds, and you know, everybody always would make remarks and says, it looks like the voice of God, mm-hmm. because you see the rays shooting over. It. And I just looked up, you know, because, the, yeah, there's part of me. What if I look up and Jesus is standing on that cloud? It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, you know, but but we have to wait on him. That means it's, it's waiting in the sense of like a waiter or a waitress mm-hmm. at a restaurant. We have to serve the world mm-hmm. according to the scriptures because Jesus, I, I was just thinking about this. When you was talking about you, you thought that Jesus is turned back looking at God and waiting for that. There's a longing that we don't understand fully how ready Jesus is to come and get. Mm-hmm. When you was in Vietnam mm-hmm. and you was away from mom for over a year. Oh, come on, Wes. This is so that bad. longing in your heart yeah. to get back to her yeah. is pales into comparison of what Jesus is feeling right now to come and get it. Yeah, he's glad the Holy Spirit is with us. He said, I must go away. It's imperative that I go away so that I can send a comforter. Not that he wanted to leave us and never come back to us. It's because he had to go prepare a place. He loves us so much, he wanted everything to be right. Mm. And now he's just, there's a longing inside of him. He don't just want the Holy Spirit to be with us. Jesus himself wants to be with us because he loved us so much he died for us
2: that's so good yeah that's so good. good that's the rapture yeah absolutely yeah and one of one of the most stunning rapture verses is from genesis i think one of the greatest proofs for it is from genesis where abram is being talked to by god about judgment coming and abraham drew near genesis 18 and said, will you destroy the city if there's righteous in the city? Mm-hmm. If there's 50 righteous, if there's 30 righteous, if there's 20 righteous, if there's yeah. 10 righteous, And God said, now here's what he said. Haste thee and escape thither. This is chapter 19, for I cannot do anything until you come out. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Cannot release judgment. Right. Until you come out. I, I like to think of it this way. He will not. Yeah. He will not. Not that kind of judgment. That was an all-consuming judgment. So what we're dealing with is different than, for example, you can't use Moses as the example because that's not the example Jesus uses. Right. Mm -hmm. He says, as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot. Right. And so when we're looking at the protection of the children of Israel in Egyptian bondage, that is not a comparison for us. That deals with our bondage in sin, Mm -hmm. our deliverance from sin and being brought into the Red Sea. Now, if you want to go to the Red Sea analogy and how they're brought up out As the enemy is consumed, Mm -hmm. so underneath them now, the enemy is being consumed and have at it. But the real parallel is Lot there, Mm -hmm. and he has to get him out, because if he doesn't, God can't release the judgment that that he must Mm -hmm. release. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yep, That's good.
2: Yeah. And and like you
1: said, as it was in the days of Noah, Mm -hmm. so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. How was it in the days of Noah? Well, if you go back to Genesis, uh, he said, that the thoughts of men's hearts, now think about this, was continually yes. evil mm-hmm. all the time. Doesn't that describe the very day that we're living in right now? That's As exactly far right. In, I'm not I'm talking about the world, not the church, I'm, but the thoughts of men's hearts. We, we've got wicked rulers in our nation. There are wicked rulers in every nation, you see. And their thoughts are not for what good they can mm-hmm. do, how they can help their people, but their thoughts are continually evil. And I, I believe that uh, we, and, I you know, they might get in trouble for saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, that's, that's the kind of rulers we have in Washington, D.C. right now. Mm-hmm. Their thoughts, you can you can hear them talk, and they they're not righteous. Yeah, they can talk about God, they can say I pray every day and do this and that, but what God are they talking to? You know, their thoughts are continually evil. It's you know we said uh, the government is to be a government for the people and by the people, but today. It's the government for the government. Mm-hmm. They want us to be absolutely dependent upon them instead of God. Yeah. You see, and so uh, you know, even when back in the when the COVID stuff was going on, and they were giving out all those uh, uh, benefits, you know, uh, I, I didn't ask for none. Mm-hmm. I wasn't putting my faith and my trust in what the government could do for me. I was trusting God. And, uh, you know, I've always believed that as long as God leaves his church, his body here on the earth, he will provide for us. You know, the, you look at the gas prices today, that, that, uh, that was done on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we were all independent, I think, for the first time in the history of the United States. And we were selling oil, importing it. And the first day in office, what did the president do? The one that's in office now. He undone it, locked down the XL pipeline, started buying oil from our enemy. Now, you tell me that that's not an evil thought.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. You see. You see? We, we had a question come in while you were sharing that, and I wanted to get your, your thoughts on this. Cheryl asks, she said, I was told I was deceived to believe in the pre-trib. Is it happening soon? I'm in a life or death battle. I want to be able to tell my kids one way or the other is basically what she's saying. And she's talked about other people um, who have said it's post-tribulation, that they're deceived to believe in that. And maybe we'll start with Wes. What's your, what's your answer to that? She says, I'm in a life and death situation. Uh, people tell me I'm deceived about believing in pre-trib. Well, I mean, I think that's something where uh,
0: you know that you have to settle that on your own.
1: That I, well, I got a word, oh, come <laughs> and on. He, he's got a word.
0: But yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I believe that you know, even with the scripture, there's going to be people that's going to try to deceive you. That's where we talk too about the helmet of salvation. Where does the enemy do his work? It's in the mind. Yeah. That's the only place he has authority. You know, he can get in your mind. You have to rebuke, but then you go to the word and that's what we're doing. So yeah. she needs to listen to, to what we give her scripturally, write these things down and this is her
1: proof. Yeah, that's really important. You yeah. got that verse, Pastor Steve? Yeah, in Second Thessalonians chapter two, mm-hmm. uh, it says, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. So he's coming for us, there's no mm -hmm. doubt about that. John 14, verse six, uh, well, verse six said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. But uh, just before that, uh, you know, in uh, John chapter 14, when he said, in my Father's house are many mansions, if that were not so, I would have told you. Mm -hmm. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, mm-hmm. not maybe, not hope so, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, here in Second Timothy chapter 2, uh, evidently there they were people that, uh, you know, were t- saying that the day uh, of Christ has had already come. And they said, you know, by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, that that day of Christ is at hand. He said, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God Sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Re- now, notice what Paul said. Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things? Mm. And now you know what do we know? What withholdeth or hinders that he might be revealed in his time? He's talking about the Antichrist, Antichrist. the mystery of iniquity. And, of course, in the uh, epistles of 1 John, he said the spirit of Antichrist is already at work in the children of disobedience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. I believe it's been (laughs) been at work ever since Jesus came on the scene. But uh, the man, the Antichrist, has not been revealed yet. And he cannot be. There's a restraining force that is keeping him. And he said... Uh, and now you know what withholds him or restrains him that he might be revealed, what? In his time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: His time ain't yet. No, The church still has some time. No. We still have some time. And he said, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work, that's the spirit of the Antichrist, only he who now letteth. I've got a letter by that word, Mm letter. It means hinder. Yes. Only he who now hinders will hinder until he be taken out of the way. And then, not before, Mm -hmm. when that hindering restraint is lifted, then, not before, then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, Jesus, when he was here uh, on the earth, I know some people say, well, that's the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will never be taken from the earth. How can you take him in and put him out? He's everywhere present all the mm-hmm. time. It's, you remember the psalmist David said, uh, "You know," he said, if I ascend into the highest height, behold, thou art there. If I descend into hell, make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take wings and fly to the uttermost parts of the earth, behold, thou art there. In other words, where can you run and get away from God? You mm-hmm. can't because mm-hmm. he's everywhere present yeah. all the time. So how can the, you know, the Holy Spirit be taken out of the earth? He's everywhere yeah, all the time, and he's in us. But I believe it is the working of the Holy Spirit that's in us. Jesus said in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Mm-hmm. So what, what is the Spirit of Christ? That's the Holy Spirit that is in us. That's how Jesus, we say Jesus lives in our heart when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. How does he do that? By the person of the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Christ. And uh, so Jesus said, when, while I'm here on the earth, I'm the light of the world. John chapter one, he said, in him was life and that life was the light of men. So uh, <laughs> Jesus, before he went back to heaven, he said, now you, he's talking about the church, his followers, the believers, you are the light of the world you are the salt of the earth. Well, what does light do? It expels darkness. What if there's people think it's dark now, yeah. you wait until the church, church is, is gone.
2: Church mm-hmm. yeah.
1: is it, it, It's gonna be dark for sure. And uh, so light expels darkness. I don't care if you in the darkest place in the world, you strike a, something as small as a match, it's going to expel darkness where that light is. Mm-hmm. And then what does salt do? Salt is a preservative. I know when we were growing up, we used to grow our own hogs and we would kill them, you know, in the fall. And uh, we would cut up the meat, put it in a salt bin, and then they would cover it in salt to preserve the meat to keep it from spoiling. And so salt is a preservative. Yes, yes. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the salt, the preservation force, the preserving force that is on the earth today is the blood-bought church. We have the light of God. We have the life of God. We have the preservation power, if you will, in us, the Holy Spirit. And so if the Holy Spirit is lifted, then where are we going? Where does that leave us? Mm-hmm. Jesus said in the 16th chapter of John, when I send him, he will abide with you forever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some some people act like, well, at least till the end of the week
2: <laughs> or <compared laughs> to the first of the month. Until the tribulation, then yeah. he's gone. He's out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> he said he will abide with you forever. So if the Holy Spirit goes anywhere, we're going. Mm-hmm. And so I believe with all my heart that the blood bulk church is the preservative force, the hindering restraint, that is keeping that man of sin from being revealed. And he said, he cannot be revealed until that hindering restraint is removed, taken out of the way. And he said, and then.
2: Then. Mm -hmm. Not before, then. So the Holy Spirit-filled church Mm -hmm. is that restraining force that is keeping the Antichrist. And I challenge you, Cheryl, to look at the comparison of the verse he just read, look at Second Thessalonians chapter two. Then look at Genesis eighteen and nineteen. Mm-hmm, yeah. So he who letteth will let until he's taken out yeah. of the way, and then the then the, the the judgment comes. Uh-huh. What's that talking about? Well, look at Genesis 18 and 19. God says, I can't send my judgment because there's somebody righteous in that city. I got to get them out right. before I can release that judgment. Right. So that uh-huh. is a perfect parallel for us when we're looking at this. And Cheryl, I want to read this verse for you because this is really important. From 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, knowing this first— that there shall come in the last days scoffers, mm-hmm. which walking after their own lust, saying, where is the promise of his coming? So yes, there will be people who come after you and tell you that the pre-tribulation rapture is a deception. And when they tell you that, that is the fulfillment of the prophecy of First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter chapter three, mm-hmm. saying that they would scoff at the idea.
1: Yeah. Right. And uh, you know, some say that uh, this doctrine of the rapture wasn't preached until the eight in eighteen thirty, began in eighteen thirty. But uh there's documents in England yes. that declares that this message of the mm-hmm. rapture, the catching away of the church, was being taught in the second and third century. Yes. Mm-hmm. You see. And it, the Bible, the Apostle Paul and them they were preaching it
2: then. Well that's the only thing we need. first of all, so that, that <laughs> the whole argument about John Darby and the Rapture not appearing until mm-hmm. what, what 1830 mm-hmm. is so ridiculous because it's the easiest thing in the world yeah. to dispel. All you have to do is do a Google search. Mm-hmm. I have an entire book done by a, a PhD, uh, t- entire book in my office by a PhD in history who goes through the 13th and the 14th century. Yeah. about how they were preaching the pre-tribulation rapture right. with documented evidence. Uh-huh. Here, you tell me, you tell me, guys, whether this was before 1830 or after 1830. Is this before the rapture craze of the <laughs> left behind or is this after? <laughs> yeah. See if you can guess the date. And therefore, when in the end the church shall be suddenly called up from this, it is said there shall be tribulation such as has not been since the beginning, neither shall be After that, Uh when do we think that was taught? Was according to these tribulation deniers? They would say, well, that couldn't be taught until after 1830. No, that's against heresies taught by Iranius around 180 AD. Uh Hmm. How about this one? All of the saints and elect of God are gathered together before the tribulation which is to come and are taken to be with the Lord, and or that they may not see at any time the confusion which overwhelms the world of sin. That's Ephraim uh, 372 A.D. Mm -hmm. So I have just destroyed. We have right here on this podcast, heard it here, we have destroyed the argument. So anyone, no matter how wonderful they may be, and there are lots of wonderful ministers who I know and respect greatly. Right. Who believe that bunk about John Darby and that the Mm -hmm. revelation of the rapture is some new doctrine, Mm -hmm. they are being disingenuous because it is proven beyond any shadow of a doubt that it has been taught. And I think it's something that we need to make sure that we stay in the spirit of love about because I get mad about this. Yeah. I mean, I really get mad about this when people start to spout that type of of idiocy and just lack Mm -hmm. of historical understanding of at all. They haven't even looked into it. And if they have. They've, they've just denied it. They just yeah. denied it yeah. to keep pushing their own. Yeah,
0: And I, I think, you know, we preach faith and we preach confession. You can have what you say. So I believe that there's going to be these post mid-trib. Uh, They're going to they get what they say. Yeah. They're not looking yeah. for him to come before. Now, yeah. he's not going to come mid-trib to get another boat, bus load. <laughs> you may become a martyr. You may starve to death. You may freeze. To, I, I don't know. And then there'll be those that, that he's coming at the end of the tribulation. If that's what you believe. Comfort yourself with those words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, and I've had people say that, you know, the rapture is escapism. It's a crutch. Right. Well, I'm just leaning on the everlasting arm. Yeah, I, that's exactly right. You know, I want to escape it. Yeah. It's no less of a man.
2: I, I don't want to go through that. Well, well you know what? It wouldn't <laughs> even matter if it wasn't taught by the early church fathers, because they taught all kinds of heresy in the first, yeah, second, yeah. and third century. Yeah. Is it in the word? That's yeah. the question. Is it yeah. in the word? Yes, mm-hmm. it's in there.
1: And I know they'll argue, well, the word rapture is not in there. I know it. I've read the Bible. Mm-hmm. But the word caught up is. Yeah. You see. And if you look that up in the Greek concordance, the word, I may not be pronouncing it right because I don't obviously I don't know <laughs> the Greek, but in the Greek concordance, it says it's the word is rapizo. Mm-hmm. And that's where we is the Greek word that where we get our English word rapture from. Mm-hmm. And that word, if you look up rapizo, it means to snatch away by force. That's the rapture. Mm-hmm. And if you if you read uh, uh, the the fifteenth chapter of First Corinthians, where we mentioned earlier, behold, I show you a mystery. You read all of those verses there, and uh, and down at verse twenty is it said if we you know if there is no resurrection, then he said no resurrection of the dead. Then he said we if we have hope only in this life, we are all men most miserable. But he said, but now, in verse 20, is Christ risen from the dead? That's what I mentioned earlier, that he was the first man raised from dead to immortality. So the the first resurrection goes all the way to the end of the tribulation. Mm. Revelations chapter 20 says, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. So... As I said, everything is in order. Christ, the first fruit, and then every man in his own order. Mm-hmm. Many of the saints that slept after his resurrection, rose from the dead, walked the streets of Jerusalem. Then we see the church will be uh, resurrected, re- raptured out. The, those that are asleep in Jesus, they'll be raised up in a glorified body. Uh, and uh, he said, we are not all asleep, but we, are, we all will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And then in the uh, seventh chapter of Revelation, the 144,000 Jewish evangelists will preach the gospel during the first part of the tribulation. In Revelation chapter 14, they're before the throne of God. Mm -hmm. And then I said, you know, the two witnesses at the end of the tribulation, they're caught up before the throne of God. And he said, this is the first resurrection. You see, it began with Christ Mm -hmm. and it, Went worked all the way through to the end of the tribulation. Yeah, you see, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, you know, I think uh, you know that this erases all doubt in my mind that God does everything in order, mm. not in chaos. There's no to there be no confusion about the fact Jesus said, "I will come again, and I'll receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also." That is a rapture, a resurrection, and uh, I mean, how how can you escape
2: that? No, this this is the culmination of the redemptive work of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we're dealing with the rapture, when we get saved, we you know our spirit is saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, our mind is in the process of being, of being yeah. saved yeah. and being renewed, yeah. but our bodies.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Our bodies are not yet redeemed until the rapture of the church. Mm -hmm. It's the culmination, the crown jewel Mm -hmm. of everything that Christ has done. It is so important to him. And yet, whenever you read any detailed prophecy concerning the second coming of our Lord, where he touches down, you know, when he comes to judge the nations, not one word is mentioned about it. Right. Why? Why? It's already happened. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you go to Revelation chapter nineteen, we have a detailed description of Jesus coming. Behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him is called faithful and true. You have detailed description of all that's going on there. And what's it say about the the bride? It says she's already made herself ready. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's yeah. already made herself ready before he even gets on the stallion. She's already made herself ready mm-hmm. and been called to the marriage supper of yeah. the Lamb. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that uh, it says the armies of heaven with him followed. Now him. some yeah. say that that's the angels. But the army is clothed in linen, white and clean. If you go back a few verses, it says the linen, white and clean is the righteousness of the saints. Mm-hmm. The book of Jude, verse 14 says, Behold, he cometh with tens of thousands of his saints, not angels.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Is he? And the book of Zechariah chapter 14, verse 5, he comes... You know, his feet touched the Mount of Olives, the mountains and the valleys will separate, and his saints with him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unless we had been caught up to be with him, how can we come back
2: with him? Well, what the detractors say is that we're doing a U-turn up there. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know, Because, yeah. because well, it, you yeah. know, the point is that when kings would come to a city, the governors and the leaders of the city would go out to meet him. Now, there is some truth to that, that mm-hmm. when a king would come in a city, but they wouldn't go out to meet him for two seconds and then come back. Right. Yeah. They would go out to give a report yeah. of all that's been going on in their city, yeah. and they would give an account for how they ruled their city, and then they would be rewarded or punished, and then they would come back into the city. Right. Mm-hmm. So the those that say that we're just going up at the end of the tribulation and then coming right back down, there's no time for the judgment seat of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's no time to receive our rewards, to get those robes, no time Married for any of that. Well,
0: am, and when yeah. you look at uh, it's a seven-year period, You know, you got three and a half years of peace, then three and a half years, there's no peace. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day with the Lord. Because the Lord created time, but he's not in time. Mm -hmm. He created time. We reference everything we do off of time, days, weeks, months, hours, seconds, minutes. He's not in that. He created time. And set it on the earth and put us in it. Well, seven years with him in heaven, it's not going to be long. Mm-hmm. It, it's not, you know, we're just going to kind of get up there and introduce and shake hands and get our glorified bodies and go to the judgment seat of Christ and and the marriage supper land. And it's time to come back. Yeah, I, I like to say we're going up there to get battle ready. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we're coming back. To with rule with the chief officer,
2: and it's supposed to be instant, right? So what we see in the description of Jesus returning, the moment he he comes in the clouds, mm-hmm. when when the second coming, when he comes to mm-hmm. judge the nations, all eyes see him, yeah. mm-hmm. and armies start gathering mm-hmm. to yeah. do war against him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's an element of time involved there. Mm-hmm. It's not like we get to go up there and have a special time with him. Yeah, and so that whole John 14 promise is completely violated. Mm-hmm completely robbed from the church. Yeah. But I believe, and I know from the word of God that he's coming for his church. Yes. And we're going to have a, a, a honeymoon period yeah. mm-hmm. with yeah. our Lord and right. Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then we're coming to rule and reign with him. Elizabeth. Amen. Yes. Well, we it. we are out of
0: time. We could go. Glory to Ma'am, <laughs> we, we went over, it, but just uh, real quick, just, uh, I got two different questions. I'm going to ask you one and I'm going to ask you one. But, what would I'll go with you first um, what would be your just a brief encouragement like with Cheryl and different ones that maybe are listening to all these other doctrines? Uh, you know what would your encouragement be to people watching right now that say, you know, okay, we believe what you're saying. we understand that that Jesus is coming. what do we do? What, what is something you can
1: encourage? Even though with what's going on in the world, how would, what would you encourage them with? Well, the thing that we can do is uh, keep our faith and our trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any difference what Dr. So-and-so or Pastor So-and-so or Theologian So-and-so says. It's what they're saying, is it in the Word? Mm-hmm. Right. You You say, well, how can we keep from being deceived? You know, I mentioned Mm there, John chapter 16, verse 13, he said, when he, the spirit of truth, Mm -hmm. is come. Well, has he come? Sure he has. And he said, he will guide you into some truth. No. Oh, no, that's not what he said. Well, you can't know everything. But he said, he will guide you into all truth. And... uh, he will receive of that. He will not speak of himself, but he will take of that which is mine and will show it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the Holy Spirit, what you always remember, Cheryl and others that may be thinking about this, how can I keep from being deceived? Always depend on the Holy Spirit that is in the inside of you, and the Holy Spirit in you will always bear witness to the truth. Yes. If something that somebody's teaching you is creating confusion and doubt and unbelief, it's not from God. Mm. The Word of God, the Word of truth, the Spirit of truth will always bring faith and comfort. And you see, that's why, uh, you know, he said, See that you be not troubled. Why? Because Jesus is coming for his bride. Yeah. He's not going to allow the devil to beat up his bride and we, you know, be half, uh, you know, bruised up, our clothes half tore off and our crown knocked on one side, he's coming for a glorious church. Yes. One without spot, wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. I don't care what they do in this world. The devil is never going to defeat the blood-bought church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have God's promise. Right. And God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. If he said it, shall he not do it? If he's spoken it, shall he not make it good? See, God don't lie. Amen. And he said, Jesus himself said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. So I would just encourage people stay with the word of God. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. If what's being taught does not put peace and faith and joy and contentment in you, I'd forget it.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, do a quick mental exercise Mm -hmm. and take a moment to think about your impending death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see how much hope and excitement that brings. Right. Yeah. But then take a moment and think about that Jesus could split the eastern sky at any moment. Yeah. Right. And see how that transforms things and changes things. Yeah. Shall the judge of all the earth do right? Yes. That's right. what Abraham asked. Yeah. Shall yeah. the judge of all the earth do right? He is going to do right. Yes. Right. And if I can do a shameless plug, if you're, if you're questioning this, Cheryl, on EncounterToday.com, we just put a blog on there for free to go through all these verses. Just scroll down the homepage. You'll see the blog dealing with it at any moment. Could Jesus return at any moment with videos and teachings? But here's my exhortation. Live like he could return at any yeah. moment. Yes. And it'll change and transform your mind. It'll change how you think about yourself, how you think about the church, mm-hmm. and how yeah. you walk in victory.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, I was going to ask another question, but y'all answered both of them together. So, <laughs>
2: Glory.
0: <laughs> well, uh, thank you again, Alan, for being here with us. Uh, I can't thank you enough. It's always an honor and a blessing to get to share the word whether it's over some Mexican or oh, yeah. <laughs> Japanese or, or just sitting here, drink a bottle of water and fellowship. But uh, thank you again for coming. Uh, we thank Evan and uh, all Josh. y'all that come and help to make this possible. All our behind-the-scenes guys and our guy Josh, we thank all of them for making this happen. But listen, guys, thank you again for watching oh. Encounter
1: Christ. Thank you again for watching. I I'd, I'd like to invite him to come back and be with us again. Oh yeah, we, this is just the beginning of many
0: uh table I, we'll call them table side discussions, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. Lynn Woods got fireside chats. We just got table side chats maybe. <laughs> but uh this will be the first of many. Yeah, different different topics uh but it's just us
2: talking about the Word. Well, this looks like a chopping block, so maybe we yeah. call it the chopping block. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That might be it.
0: But listen, Encounter Christ yeah. and all those followers, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, all the Glean podcast and Glean and Mission folks, thank you guys. Remember, again, to like and share this. I know we share were it. about an hour and a half long, but I'm going to tell you, it's some good stuff. So share this. Remember, we want to see people's lives changed by the power of God. The only way we can do that is if we share the word and then you share on social media to people that may not want to come to church, they'll still hear the word of God and know that Jesus is risen and he loves them. Until next week, God bless you and we'll see you soon.
1: Amen.